What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. Alright, tale of the tapes. Episode 5, the Fat Boys this week. We're covering the Fat Boys. Um, I want to, first of all, I want to go out of my way to, to say something, to acknowledge something today, that the past three weeks that I happened to record on a Monday, which is, you know, one of the only times that I could really get, like, free time to to record this stuff. So usually I record these on a, on a Monday. Um, and oddly enough, for whatever reason, those past three Mondays, I woke up feeling like extra good, like then more than normal. And for whatever reason, that day completely went to shit before I got to record the episode. And, um, be quite honest with you. Like I really, I really didn't even like want to record any of them. I, I was you know, some of them I was like, I'm not going to do it, whatever, but it's something I committed to. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to back out on it, but I apologize if I sounded like monotone or anything like that, but really was having some shit days, those days that I actually am surprised knowing me that I, that I did record it because a lot of times I'll get in the mode and I'll just be like, fuck this. Um, but before we get into anything about the fat boys, uh, I want to give my man a shout out. Uh, he's got his own video podcast called Hot Box, which I was featured on the first episode of. Uh, just a cool vibe, man. He orders these 420 goodie boxes and products from sites and stuff like that and opens them on the video, uh, you know, testing out like different kinds of strains of butt on the shows, uh, talking about informational things, different ways to smoke, just you know, cool, chill, informative type of thing, you know, what you would expect to get from a show called uh, Hot Box, so I enjoy being a part of it, uh, I watched the episode, and um, I'm a- I actually have to say, it has nothing to do with him, but for me personally, the way that I feel about when I do things, and this happens with music sometimes too, sometimes I'll lay something down and I feel like I didn't I didn't do it justice and I need to do it again and then I play it back and I'm like actually it sounds really good it sounds better than I thought it sounded so I have to say when I watched it um I thought it was really really good I think there was a lot of information covered I think it was a good episode had a good flow um I've actually known him for a long time now so that's my man Pucho um he's on YouTube Instagram and Anchor um, so if any of my, you know, peeps that smoke weed out there are interested in checking out the Hotbox podcast, you could find his stuff at www.youtube.com slash Chris Crespo 912, which is C-H-R-I-S-C-R-E-S-P-O 912. Um, the Instagram is www.instagram.com slash hotbox912. That's with two X's. So H-O-T-B-O-X-X 912. And uh, he's on Anchor the same as I am. If by chance, you, you know, you don't know, uh, that's www.anchor.fm slash hotbox. H-O-T-B-O-X-X. Um it's my man Pucho, like I said, known him for a long time, so big shout out to him, uh, nothing but love there, appreciate you having me on. Uh, with that said, let's 
Let's get into the fat boys. Um, first of all, I just want to say that I was I was highly entertained doing the fat boys. I thought they were pretty fucking funny, um, which seemed to be mostly mostly what they were there to do. But I enjoyed listening to the fat boys, which again really has nothing to do with my study and has no bearing on the way that I scored the fat boys in any way. But I just wanted to throw my personal opinion in there and just let you know um, that I did I did find the Fat Boys entertaining. Um, they consist of members Cool Rockski, Prince Marky D, and again, you know, I talked about last time on the Run DMC episode how this this has nothing. This is not about DJs. DJ really has nothing, no effect on any of the scoring here um, and shit like that. But the DJs and the producers are extremely important in hip-hop in general. So I'm not going to bring up a group that had a DJ and not give the DJ a shout-out. So um, the other member of the group was DJ Buff Love. They were also known as the Disco 3. You you probably hear them, might hear them say that in some lyrics. You might hear people refer to them like that. Um Origins, New York City, New York, United States. Genres listed as hip-hop, electro-funk, and beatbox. So, again, we're seeing something other than just hip-hop here. They were really like the the pioneers of the beatbox, and we'll get more into those particulars in a little bit, but um, they were pretty much responsible for that. Uh, the years acted are listed as 1983 to 1991, and then 2008 to present. So, uh, a little brief history about the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys are an American hip-hop trio from Brooklyn, New York City that emerged in the early 1980s. The group was briefly known originally as the Disco 3, originally composed of Mark, Prince Marky D, Morales, Damon, Cool Rockski, Wembley, and Darren Bufflub Robinson, who died of a heart attack during a bout with respiratory flu in 1995. So, um, rest in peace to him. Shout out to Big Buff Love, rest in peace. Uh, the trio is widely known for using beatbox in their songs. The group opened doors for beatboxers like Biz Markey and Dougie Fresh. The Fat Boys was one of the first rap groups to release full-length albums along with Run DMC, Houdini, and Curtis Blow. Beloved for their comedic, self-deprecating rhymes, the group released seven studio albums, four of which went gold by RIAA. Their fourth album, Crushin', received a platinum status due to their loud single, Wipeout, which was recorded together with the American rock group, The Beach Boys. The next album, Coming Back Hard Again, repeated the formula of the previous one and received a gold status due to the successful single, The Twist, recorded together with American rock and roll singer, Chubby Checker. The album also included the theme song for the movie A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, which featured Robert, Robert England performing as Freddy Krueger. The group also starred in three feature films in the 1980s, thereby strengthening the popularity of hip-hop in America. Crush Groove, Knights of the City, and Disorderlies. So, again, these are, I'm, I'm glad that that was pointed out in their thing there, because I want people to understand that when I talk about an impact on hip-hop, that means so many different things. So... If somebody used another platform to make a big impact on hip-hop, that still counts. 
it doesn't necessarily just have to be with a song. It could just be, you know, like this says that it strengthened the popularity of hip hop in America being in those movies. So I'm not saying that that's, you know, being in three movies is going to carry you from a four to an eight. I'm not saying anything like that, but it's all these things that are taken into consideration when, when these scorings are being given. Um, so again, let's, let's do what we do every week. Let's get onto the list. Let's hit random. Let's see what song comes on and let's check out what we got. All right, this is obviously the Fat Boys, and the name of the song is Fat Boys. Uh, this is actually one of their more popular songs, so. Fat, fat, fat boys. So, cup. There's actually this this group is going to be intriguing to do because there's actually a lot of things that this group did. There was a lot of things they did good, a lot of things they did bad, a lot of things they did different. So this is this is going to be a little bit of a of a bigger dissection probably than we normally have. So let me point out first of all, you hear you hear the the beatboxing and the sound effects and stuff like that going on. Um, these are things that you don't hear in other songs, so it's different. Um, they're they're the first to do something, so again, whether it's good or not, that that counts for something. Um, as far as the bars are concerned, now he says, "Now we may be a little chubby, but don't feel slump. We guarantee you one thing: we can surely come to the party and rock the house." As we harmonize and start to turn it out. Um, I have a couple of issues kind of with, with this right here. Don't Feel Slump is really just one of those things where... You're you're kind of taking a little bit of a cop out. Where you, you have something that you want to say. And you kind of use a word that's like interchangeable. To where... Alright, like I get what he's saying. It makes sense. You know what I'm saying? But it's not really clever or hard to think of you're kind of just throwing in a lot of like interchangeable type of words also if you separate the second and the third bar they don't they don't make sense by themselves now you're going to hear me refer to this term a lot when we when we're breaking people down and it's i call it run on bars and what i mean by that is he says, now we may be a little chubby, but don't feel slump. We guarantee you one thing, we could surely come. That's the rhyme, but it's the middle of a sentence. We can surely come, and then the next bar, to the party and rock the house. So if you say the second bar by itself, it doesn't make any sense. Now, this is not a problem when this is just randomly done. Um, because... There's plenty of times that people have done something like this and killed it. Uh, Eminem or Andre 3000 would probably be a good example of people that have had verses where they did that and the verse was still dope. But the point that I'm trying to make is that this is somewhat of a cop-out. And I'm telling you for a fact, it is easier if you just take a sentence of whatever it is that you want to say 
I'm sitting here at my desk. And then if you want to rhyme whatever with that next, which ironically, I didn't even mean to rhyme that. It just happens to rhyme. The point that I'm trying to make is if you can't think of anything to rhyme with that word desk, you can just basically take a cop out and decide that you could just cut your sentences in half and place things and you could pick whatever word you want to rhyme with because you can just end your sentence. Your bar is just going to end at whatever point in your sentence you want it to. So you're not really having to, to get in what you want to say and actually rhyme what you want to say. Now again, it is something different and if it's used occasionally, there's no issue with it because it's not that everybody has to rhyme in the same pattern as everybody else. That's not at all what I want to see. That's not at all what I'm rewarding points for. But I, if you keep doing something over and over again, you are taking an easier way out and there's no other way to put it, but you better be killing the words that you're saying if you're doing that all the time. Um, and this is, these are just simple bars. We guarantee you one thing, we could surely come to the party and rock the house. So to be using run-on bars in such a simple sentence like that, it's not really a great start. I would say so far it's a below average verse. And the rest of the stuff is just one rhyme per bar, one syllable rhymes. Uh, base, you know, more basic stuff like what we studied in some of the earlier stuff. Okay, so the first two bars, you got a one-syllable rhyme, but three rhymes in the two bars as opposed to just one in each. So then you have together and forever, which is two syllables, but there's only the two rhymes as opposed to three. Then you have three double-syllable rhymes in the next two bars, but they kind of don't make much sense and there are reach that leads into another run on bar so you got 1000 pounds put it all together the disco brothers to last forever that's one rhyme per bar two syllables and as we enter the room you know the crowd starts waking the crowd starts breaking and my voice starts shaking so that's three two syllable rhymes but as we enter the room you know the crowd starts waking i mean again it makes sense like you're waking up the crowd i get it but the crowd starts breaking and my voice starts shaking it's okay it's it's certainly nothing impressive it's a little bit of a reach and it's a run-on bar again so the 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 bar ends with and my voice starts shaking and then the next bar is to the rhythm of the beat so fast so that's the second time in less than 16 bars that it's been done on a line where you weren't saying anything so ridiculous that you just had to use the run on bar. Um, so again, a little bit, a little bit of below average stuff here, but nothing too bad. Um, and then after this, you go into a verse by Marky D here. Yeah, I'm overweight, but it 
Okay, so the first two bars lead into each other well, but again, one rhyme, one syllable. Now I'm Marky D, but you can call me the Prince, and I have a slight problem that I couldn't solve since. So it's it's good in the sense that it makes perfect sense. He's he's leading into something, but it's just you know one rhyme per bar, one syllable. Um, then you have three one-syllable rhymes in the next two bars. I'm overtired. See, I overate at a steady pace rate. Yeah, I'm overweight. So it's just a one-syllable, but you got three rhymes in the two bars. Then you kind of have a line where it's not really a good line. He's kind of making an analogy that doesn't make you say, oh, shit. And that's what, that's where people start to, if people start to do that too often and, it, and it's just too far of a reach, you start to show that you're incapable of really like thinking of a, of a complex thing. When you go out of your way to say something like M&M candy, I will melt in your hand. When you go out of your way to make an analogy and a comparison or you're trying to use like a metaphor or a punchline or whatever, and it's kind of something that like, all right, I mean, it's there, but oh shit, like an M&M candy, he'll melt in your hand. Like it's not making you react any type of way. So again, it's not, it's not that it's bad, but I in general, I think we're going in the below. You can see how we're going in the, the below average direction here. Now with that, he, he does have a funny line here. So he says, Now it started out when I was very small, I devoured chocolate cake, plates, candles, and all. That's one of those lines where people used to bug me when they would say certain scenarios of, Oh, well this person's telling the truth or not telling the truth. To me, there's a difference of when you just say something blatantly and you're trying to portray a certain image of yourself, and it's a lie. That's a different story than when you're clearly stating a fabrication to grab someone's attention. That's a perfect example right there. I would be willing to bet you money that he wasn't eating the plates of the food that, you know, the plates that the food came on. But it's, he's making a point. He's being ridiculous. Obviously, the, the name of the group is the Fat Boys. They're talking about being fat and all this other type of shit. So... It's just a funny line. It goes with their whole persona that they bring with. And then he finishes the verse on point with the topic, um, you know, throughout again. But bacon and shaken is, again, one of those things where for breakfast it was teas of five pounds of bacon. And halfway through my stomach started shaking. Like... It's one of those things like when he said in the beginning, you know, there was another line where I said that it was kind of like an interchangeable type of word. Your stomach started shaking. It's not that it doesn't make sense. You get what the guy is saying, but it's just not really like a good line. Um, then you're going to have your hook uh, followed by a verse by Cool Rockski.
All right, so this is the first four bars are fine. The first four bars are kind of just, you know, simple one rhyme per bar, one syllable. Um, then he reaches for a line at the end where he says, because I'm down by law, I'm the king of the slop, but I know one thing my heart keeps inside. It doesn't really rhyme. I know he's trying to say it in a fashion where it sounds like it does, but for me, it's just, it's too far of a reach. Um, it wouldn't by itself cause him to, I wouldn't just say at this point, like, oh, this is, you know, this is a weak song because of one one line that doesn't rhyme. So by itself, it's not gonna gonna lose anything, but... We're seeing a couple of things now. We've seen a couple run-on bars. Um, now we're seeing something where, you, you know, you're not really rhyming. We've heard a couple that kind of, I don't want to say didn't make sense, but they were, you know, a little bit lazier, a little bit reaching to the point where it was just kind of a random word thrown in to where you could have certainly said something better. Um, so let's keep going on with Cool Rock Ski's verse. So he picks up saying, I want to point out the ninth and the tenth bar here, which is the first two of, of the segment that we're doing right now. He picks up and, and he says, say, do the right thing and you will survive. People still put me down because I'm the rest of the town. Okay, that's another scenario where it's a bit of a cop out. Again, by itself, it would never mark somebody down. Um... Or cause them to lose anything. But this is now two issues with similar things in the past couple of bars. Plus what we had earlier on. Um, again, the reason that this is kind of an easy way out is because... Say, do the right thing and you will survive. If you can't think of a, a good line to rhyme with that... Just rhyme any word in your next bar and it's okay... People still put me down because I'm the rest of the town. So, like, of course you could find a word to rhyme in your sentence somewhere. There's a lot of words in the human language that rhyme, particularly that end in the, in the sharp E sound. But I just feel like they're starting to show that they they at least have trouble following kind of standard rhyme patterns. And the next two bars... Just don't rhyme, period. So the two bars after that are, but I got one thing that's hard to beat by, I got class. Yes, that's right, ladies. So, I mean, at this point, I will definitely tell you that just based on this verse alone, we haven't really talked about any of the other factors of the song yet, but just based on this verse alone, this this song is losing points for sure. Um... 
you just can't have that many errors in a row in it. And right now we're in like a 12 bar span. Um, just inexcusable, especially after the last two things. So now the next two bars, you have that A, B, B, A rhyme pattern that we were talking about with Run DMC. So again, there are, I'll explain to you before we even got into the song. This group is a little bit all over the place. You see good things, you see bad things. Um, I really think that that stems from the fact that they were just trying to be like genuine. I don't think they were the best rappers. I don't think they would ever tell you that they were the best rappers of all time. Um, I think they were doing what they were doing. They were, you know, giving enough of an effort to make hit songs. I think they were having fun with what they were doing. Um, and I think that led to, you know, some shortcuts and, and some some parts where fucks really weren't given, I guess you could say. But the line he says is, I'm a little overweight, which is the A rhyme. But I'll pass, B. I'm like glass, B. Yeah, I'm easy to break, A. So he says something that he sets up for a rhyme. Then he says two other words that rhyme. And then he says another word at the end of the, the last bar that rhymes with the first one. So that's the A, B, B, A rhyme pattern. Now, the thing here with this is that he's showing an ability to do something different. But if you break the bars down, they don't really make much sense and aren't good bars. So that kind of evens out as far as I'm concerned. Like, let's let's take away the fact that I just pointed out that he's done an ABBA rhyme scheme pattern and just read what he's saying. I'm a little overweight, but I'll pass. I'm like glass. Yes, I'm easy to break. It doesn't really make much sense. I'm a little overweight, but I'll pass. I'm like glass. Yeah, I'm easy to break. I don't know. It's just not a good line. But this is this is kind of what seems to be happening with them. Um, the next two bars is, and if you get me wrong, that's a chance to take. Yes, my word is bond, and that's no mistake. So now again, we're seeing a different rhyme pattern. It's not the normal rhyme pattern, and it's not A-B-B-A like he just did. Now it's A-B-A-B, where he says, and if you get me wrong, which is A, that's a chance to take B. Yes, my word is bond, A, and that's no mistake, B. So it's it's a scenario, again, where you, you got to kind of notice that these things are kind of evening each other out where it's either the topic is kind of on point and the bars lead into each other and they make sense, but it's only one rhyme, one syllable per bar, or it's quite the opposite. You're getting some sort of complex like rhyme type of scheme and they're showing you that they can do something different, but every time they do it, they struggle to say something dope in it. Um, this one not that he's saying anything bad in this one but again it's it's nothing overly good you you do have artists where you're gonna have them do an a b a b rhyme pattern with the three syllable rhymes on each one where each bar leads into each other perfectly makes sense and it's a mind-blowing statement you, you're gonna have these people that are gonna do this so i don't want to seem like i'm being overly ridiculous because i'm gonna use the same critiques and the same judgments for everybody um it is what it is. And then, um, again, the last four bars are just one syllable rhymes per bar. And, you know, nothing wrong with them, but 
it's kind of just the same pattern. You're, you're getting one or the other. You're not getting all the things together in, in one thing right there. Um, let's get into the next verse. I'm sure we're going to have some beatboxing, some sound effects here. Alright, so we got the breakdown, the, the beatbox solo here. pause this for a second i want to go out of my way to to make sure that i clearly explain what i mean when we're talking about things like this we're hearing super original sound effects and beatboxing on a track so allow me to elaborate on why this is so important right here so you, i want you to better understand the mind frame that i have when i'm doing this study and why i keep making it a point to say to everybody that my opinion is left out of this and this is based on facts whether you enjoy what they're doing right now or not is completely irrelevant because I can tell you this, there are many people that will absolutely cringe when they hear this noise that this guy is making right now. And there are many people that will crack up and absolutely love it and be fully entertained by it. Those are facts. Okay, It's just a matter of who hears it. It's all opinion. It's all perception. So me hating it or that would be my opinion or me loving it would also be my opinion left out so whether i enjoy it or not is a hundred percent irrelevant to this study but what is relevant is that they were the first people doing that and for that they get points in the originality category period it doesn't matter whether you could say well that's trash that he did that I mean, that's great, bro. That's that's your opinion. Maybe I would agree with you. Maybe I would disagree with you. It doesn't really matter. Um, they're not getting... Their lyrical score is not being raised for that guy making that noise. Their song score is not being raised for that guy making that noise. you got to understand that the points are being distributed where they should be distributed. That is original what they're doing. Whether you hate it or whether you love it is completely irrelevant. Um, next verse is Prince Marky D right here. Again, these songs are longer than what we're used to today. first two bars have three rhymes but they're not great to all the ladies in the place i'm the prince of ease and you have to scream please if i'm on the freeze i mean again i'm not trying to shit on any artists here but i mean it's not this is not really a great line um the one syllable rhymes there is three of them but there's just really nothing about those lines that are great so again it just seems like anytime that they go out of their way to do anything other than one syllable or two rhymes in two bars they they kind of lose substance there um 
The next two bars really are just random. Go below zero or steaming hot because if you mess with the prints, you're sure to get shot. It's just really kind of completely irrelevant to anything that's been going on in this song before. I mean, think about it. You have the guys coming in talking about, you know, the hook is saying fat boys and they're talking about eating plates and candles and cakes and I'm overweight and it's no big deal and, you know, all this stuff. And then all of a sudden he comes out of nowhere after these, you know, bars that weren't great before it. Go below zero is steaming hot because if you mess with the prints, you're sure to get shot. Again, it's just random. To me, if you're going to say something random, it's not that you can't say something random. This is hip-hop. This is art. That's what all this is about. I get that. But if you're going to say something random, have there be a reason why you say something random? Because it's a it's a dope line. Um, so, you know, again, to me, it's just a little below average. Um, the next four bars are simple and direct. Nothing really overly good or bad about them. Um... It's it's really kind of just the the song is following like the same type of pattern as it has been as far as them trying to do more and losing substance or just reverting back to the the single rhyme per bar and the the one syllable rhymes. Alright, this this next bar to me doesn't it, does, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um again, I I'm not trying to be like arrogant or anything when I'm doing this. Um if if somebody knows what this means or, or whatever the case is, then please feel free to let me know. But cause I'm hard as a rock and my name ain't Tom. Um I'm the type of person where I'm always giving the artist the benefit of the doubt. I make, you know, I make music, I write things. I know for me personally, I'm sure there's been lines that I've said where the person might not really have known what I was referencing. And one example that I that sticks out in my head right away is, you know, one time I had a line where I just tell it like it is, call me Petey fucking Green. I'm sure most people don't really know. Not nah, maybe I shouldn't say most people, but. Your average fan probably really doesn't know much about Petey Green to get that line. Um, I happen to feel a certain way about him. I feel strongly about him. So to me, the line resonates and feels strong. But I could understand somebody, you know, having a scenario where they're like, I don't get that line. All right, well, you know, let's let's go figure it out. Nine times out of ten, when I don't understand a line and I go look into the line, I'm able to... to you usually relatively quickly figure out, oh, shit, okay, well, that line makes perfect sense. Um, I've heard Joe Budden reference things uh, in the Drake this when he says, uh, it's Red Reddington, Sean, I don't work for you, still I'm doing the work for you. I had no idea what that meant because I don't watch TV. I don't watch TV shows, so I had no idea who Red Reddington was or what he was referencing. What do you mean I, I, I don't work for you, still I'm doing the work for you? So I had to look in. It was a character on a TV show, and I, I looked up what it meant, and it was a good line. Um, I wasn't able to find anything about I'm hard as a rock and my name ain't Tom. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't answers that you could give, but I can't see you explaining to me how this is a good line 
Um, then the next line is trying to battle me is like defusing a bomb. Again, they really, they have nothing really to do with each other and they, they don't really have anything to do with the song again. I just don't, I don't really know where he's completely going with that. The ending couple of bars, they have more than one rhyme per bar, but again, they're all one syllable and they're pretty much completely random and don't make much sense. Um, you have the run on ball where he says, uh, the red, white, the orange, the purple and blue one MC ain't enough. You're going to need to, to beat me. So here's your chance. So again, you have another run on ball. That's probably the third or fourth one in this song. Uh, getting your stance, make a little romance. Um, and he just starts naming random things, taking pictures. I'm not a freelance. I mean, I, I, I get what he's saying. It's, it's not that he's not completely not making sense, but it's kind of just rambling. He's kind of just rambling things. It, it doesn't really have much to do with what was the first two verses. A picture was painted. They were rapping about being fat. Now it's just, it's just turned into like some random thing. Battling me is diffusing a bomb. If you mess with me, you're going to get shot. Um, I don't know. It's just taking a turn. And then the last verse here is Cool Rock Ski again. So, again, he shows a couple of different times where he uses some different rhyme schemes, but it's just never really done in a good way. Um, the rhyme, always on fire at the flick of a bick. He's uh, the ace of the placed and the ultimate. It's a little bit of a reach of a rhyme. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna penalize him for that. But again, he just kind of stays on this fence of like you know, benefit of the doubt, no benefit of the doubt, and it keeps happening. Um, the face of grace reaching for success. So you have face and grace right there, but the bar before it didn't rhyme with those. So I mean, a little bit, you know, better than just one rhyme per bar, but um, again, not as good as it could be. Don't talk no bull, got too much pull at the rucker party, right? I could do that too. Again, it's another reach for something that doesn't really rhyme. Um... I just feel like to do this so many times on one song and to not even have the line that you're reaching for be great on top of it, it's just not a good look. Uh, at this point, there's there's a possibility that a little bit more of a chunk might be taken away from this song um, just based on kind of the lyrics and stuff like that.
Alright, that goes on for a bit. Um, probably another minute or so. Uh, yeah, about another minute or so. I'm sure there's going to be some some beatboxing, some scratching, things like that. Um, but, I mean, that's the song. That's what we needed to judge. Um, we already know that they have that originality in there from from the beatboxing before. So, we don't need to listen to that right now. Um, so, most of these bars are, again, very similar to... To what we've been seeing. But most of these bars are kind of like disguises. So there's three rhymes in one bar. But they're completely random and don't make much sense. But it's mixed in with an A-B-B-A rhyme pattern again. So keep slack, never whack, taking full contact. None of those things really have anything to do with each other. Um, it's one syllable. But he rhymes it three times in the bar. Because I'm the chief of the east on top of the stack. So now he does chief and east, but they don't rhyme with anything in the first bar. They just rhyme with each other uh, on the top of the stack. Because I could use my mic as a one and make it two because I'm the master of the rhyme on the MC stoop. Because I'm Cool Rock Ski, a dominating MC. And when I'm on the stage, the ladies scream for me. So you got your three one-syllable rhymes in two bars. We're fat, we're fat, we could never be whack. And if it go for that, then we'll be back. So it's kind of the same thing. Um, we're seeing these patterns of either simple one-syllable rhymes or more complex rhyme schemes that are paired with, like, weak lines. All in all, most of the stuff evens out. If you take into consideration the popularity of the song, which is, it has to start off as an above-average song with the popularity of the song. One of their biggest songs, uh, Probably the only song personally that I really knew of the Fat Boys. Now, that doesn't mean anything. That's not to say that a lot of people don't know a lot of other songs. But um, they came out the year I was born. Me personally, I didn't know too much about them. But I did know this song. Um, so it would start off above average on that alone. I do think that they probably worked it back towards average with you know, the lyrics and stuff like that in the song. Um, a lot of that stuff did even it out, so I definitely wouldn't put it down to a weak song, but I, I did think it would, you know, if it was kind of in between average and good, it was probably pulled around down to average with some of those lyrics. But again, it's tough to say just listening to it like this, because although I'm using the same formula and stuff that I'm explaining to you, you got to understand that these albums were listened to in sequence and stuff like that. So I'm just, this is just random right now. So I'm not getting a feel right now of who's been doing what on every verse. I mean, every verse, this guy can't keep a topic, but this guy can. Every verse, this guy's doing, you know, multi-syllable rhymes and this guy's not. You can't, you can't tell that right now from just listening to one song. So again, hard for me to tell you exactly what I scored it, but listening to it right now, I, I would think this song was probably a one, which is an average song. So let's get into Prince Marky D now, whose solo career started in 1992. Uh, I like to keep note of that also. Early on, Marky D certainly had the upper hand lyrically of the two in the group. Most lines led into each other well, and some funny punchlines were thrown in as he hovered a little below average lyrically. Prince Marky D went half with Cool Rock Ski on six of seven Fat Boys albums, and then dropped two solo albums after splitting with the group. All six of the Fat Boys albums were average, as well as his two solo albums. Of the 88 songs he released, none of them were great, and only one was good, but five were weak, 
with the majority of those having surprisingly come from his solo albums. Marky D's biggest impact on hip-hop was the mere fact that he was one-third of the Fat Boys. Individually, at least musically, he seemed to have influenced only DMX. Originality was through the roof for most of Marky D's career until he split from the Fat Boys and seemed to hop on a different New Jack swing bandwagon. Perhaps even more surprising was how much stuff he took from Biggie on his final album. Now, this is one thing that I do remember. There's been a lot of times that I've read these critiques and synopsises of that I've, you know, wrote down with the rappers and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, there's a lot of information that I've taken in. I don't remember certain things. Um, this I do remember. When when the Fat Boys were together, Marky e. D was the better of the two. Um, by a decent amount. Not not a landslide thing where one guy was great and one guy sucked, but there was definitely a separation. And the originality was always there with the whole group. Um, when he split, I remember his sound was totally different, which is not necessarily a bad thing because that could be part of the reason why he split from the Fat Boys. So there's nothing wrong with having a different sound. But when you have a different sound, and there were numerous songs on his last solo album that were just redone Biggie songs, and they were in the same time period um, as Biggie songs. I mean, the beat was almost identical. There was a little bit of a change. The The flow was the same. Just There was just so many things. Um, again, one album didn't drive this guy's originality score down through the floor. I, I don't want to be ridiculous, but he did lose points off of what he was going to get. Um, so let's go over his numbers. Lyrics, he got a four. Uh, albums is 3.14 with zero classics. Songs is minus 0.57. His impact was a six. And the originality was an eight and a half. You add all those numbers up. You divide by five. You get a final score of 4.21. Which leaves Prince Marky D in 62nd place overall of 112 artists done. So right now he's just behind the halfway point. Or, you know, a little decent ways behind the halfway point. Um... Now let's get into Cool Rock Ski, who didn't have a solo career. He had a little bit of a different scenario here that we're going to get into from Prince Marky D, but he didn't actually have a solo career. So, on the first couple of Fat Boys albums, Cool Rock Ski was certainly below average lyrically. While he was certainly funny and held his own on songs while playing his part, he hardly ever had any good lines. And some were either bad, didn't rhyme well, or were off-topic for lack of better description. Cool Rock went 50% with Prince Marky D on all seven Fat Boys albums except the final one, which he and Buff Love did without Marky D. All seven albums were average, but as time went on, Cool Rock Ski started to gradually get better lyrically. He released 76 songs in his career, only one of which was good and two that were weak. Although the Fat Boys' impact on hip-hop as a whole was huge, that was largely in part due to Buff Love more or less originating beatboxing and leading the way for other greats. Now again, Marky D and Cool Rock Ski were certainly one-third of that group, and they get credit for that, but individually their impacts were certainly not as big. 
So again, usually what I would do there is I would take their individual impacts and I would average that with what the group's impact was. So if the group's impact was, you know, say an eight, um, and their individual impact when they split was a four, they would get a six, which is what I gave them. I don't know if that's exactly what happened. There was a lot of things taken into consideration with those scores, obviously, but I'm just trying to give even numbers off the top of my head as to how I came to some of these numbers. Um, nonetheless, Cool Rockski did have impacts on a few artists such as The Locks, DMX, and Nas. Originality was where almost all members of the group shined as a whole, especially Cool Rock. From his image to his songs, his rap style to his lyrics, Cool Rockski was certainly an original artist from start to finish. So let's go over his numbers. Lyric score is a 3.5. Albums is 3.25 with zero classics. Songs is minus 0.26. Impact is a 6. And originality is a nine and a half. Those five things added up, divided by five, comes to a final score of 4.40, which leaves him tied in 52nd place of 112 artists. So he's right above the midway point. So 10 spots separate these guys in the group. This was really a little bit, a little bit strange for me because Prince Marky D... He really, he was the better of the two when it, when it came to just lyrics and rapping and stuff like that, you know, in the beginning part of the career. He definitely did things um, that were above the level of Cool Rock Ski, but Cool Rock Ski just was consistent. He was super, super, super original. He stayed super original. He was super consistent and he got better as time went on, whereas Marky D kind of... I don't, I don't want to say he got worse, because um, it's not that he really declined, but he just started to do things that were not really helping his case, I guess is probably the best way to put it. So, before we stop talking about the Fat Boys and we get on to the other things, I just want to state again that you got Prince Marky D in 62nd place overall of 112 artists done, and Cool Rock Ski in 52nd place of 112 artists done. Um, again, I spoke about last week how we're going to start adding in these other lists every week. Um, I said we were going to do two weeks at 50%. We're going to do it for the rest of the month, which, um, it does wind up being two weeks anyway, because I didn't start doing it till the middle of the month. But from now on, when I lower the percentage in March, it's going to stay that way for the rest of March. And then I'll lower it again in April. So, um, the current top 50% final list, and there has been some changes, just since the last episode last week, um, I try to finish, obviously, listen, some people have, you know, their career was one album, some people have 25 albums, so, you know, one guy might take me three weeks to a month, another guy might take me a day or two, but on average, I try to get, you know, at least an artist or so done a week, um, so there has been some changes, so the current top 50% final list is, of the, of the artists that we've done so far, is you have Rev Run, Who's at the top right now? He's in 12th place of 112 artists covered. You have DMC from Run DMC, who's now tied for 17th of 112. Last week he wasn't tied for 17th, so little uh, little spoiler there. Somebody I just finished tied for for 17th with DMC. Um, then you have Melly Mel from The Furious Five 
who's tied for 38th of 112, along with Scorpio and Keith Cowboy, also from the Furious Five. So they were all pushed back two slots. Last week they were at 36. Now they're at 38 of 112. So we got some changes here. Who was it? Who did I finish that pushed them back? You shall have to wait and see. <laughs> and then after that, you got the Kid Creole, who is tied for 43rd of 112 artists done. Raheem, you know, same. They're from the Furious Five, Kid Creole and Raheem. Both tied for 43rd of 112. Obviously, naturally, they also moved down two slots. They were at 41 last week. They're at 43 this week, obviously. Um, top 10% lyrically. That doesn't change. We got Rev Run sitting at your top spot lyrically right now. He's at a five and a half. Again, I want to point out that he was the first artist done to receive an above average score lyrically. So props to him. You got a guy in the early 80s that already did something above average lyrically. I mean, that's only, you know, four years into hip hop at all, um, you know, officially. And you got a guy scoring above average all time. So. That's awesome. Shout outs to him. Shout outs to everybody in the list. Shout outs to the fat boy. Shout out to everybody done so far, honestly. All of these guys have been so instrumental. Um, the impact and originality scores that we've had so far through the first, uh, what did we do, 12? I think we're, we're done with about 14 guys or so right now. The, the originality and the impact scores that we've seen with these first 14 guys has been off the charts. Um, so big shout out to all of them, all the groups, all the individuals, all that. Um, so again, if you'd like to see any of these full lists in writing, cause I understand when somebody's sitting here naming lists, you got to kind of make like a mental note of the list in your head and, and keep following along. I mean, if you're driving or, you know, you're in any way occupied while you're listening to this and you want to see it at another time and just digest what we talked about, um, the full lists are at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast everything is spelled completely normal um you can get everything there uh schedule for the upcoming shows who's going to be on what um also other platforms that are carrying my my podcast i was just informed that spotify is carrying my podcast somebody else told me that they they got hold of my podcast on apple i i really Again, I'm new to all this. I'm not very savvy with that type of stuff. I do have um, my anchor set up doing it automatically for me. Um, and I, I'm very busy with a lot of projects right now. I actually will definitely have some cool announcements coming up for you within the next couple of months for sure. Uh, I've been super busy, so... I'm not 100% sure of every platform that it's on, but I know it is being starting to be carried by other platforms now and i know spotify and apple are definitely two of them again on my actual anchor page which is www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes uh i have a donation button uh if you're feeling generous hit your boy up because it's a lot of work um i appreciate it though seriously I had a good time doing this today. I had a better time doing this today than I did the other times. The other times I was excited because I was I was excited to get episodes out of the way because I'm excited for some people that are coming up. I'm excited to see where people are falling with these these lyrical lists and the, the top 50% and all these other things that are going on. So 
overall, I'm excited about all those things. But me personally, as far as that day was going, I hadn't really been into the podcast. Um, I was very into this one today. I had a good day. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm, I'm excited. I thought today was a very, very, and it's, it's, it's odd that it came from this group because really, I mean, coming from somebody who literally studied the fat boys for the most part, um, there was a little bit of a branch off to this when, when Marky D dropped his solo albums. But I mean, for the most part, they were, they were entertainers. They were, you know, the good lines, a lot of the good lines that they had were funny lines. So it's not really that they were saying a lot of deep things or a lot of mind blowing things or anything of that nature, but they were entertainers. They were, um, you know, like they said, they, they, they talked bad about themselves. They did a lot of things that were first, they were funny, they were entertaining. And it's just odd that, uh, I mean, it's odd even that, you know, that song came on, on random um, you know, one of their biggest, probably their biggest song ever. That's probably not going to happen that often, but it's just odd that you got this, this deep of a breakdown from a group that really, I don't think anybody would really consider this group to be like a lyrical, you know, type of thing. This is more of a little more along the lines of like ODB, Bismarck E type of stuff like that, where you're getting the originality, you're getting the entertainment, you're getting the laughs and stuff like that. But, you know, big breakdown here. I think this one was very informative. Like I said, the Fat Boys entertained me. They, they cracked me up a bunch of times when I was listening to them. So, again, shout outs to them. Um, that's really it for this week, man. Um, next week, we got a pretty big week next week. We got LL Cool J and Cool Mo D, which is actually interesting because they got into it with each other pretty good. Um, and that just happens. They just happen to come out right around the same time. So this next podcast next week just happens to just happens to be them. Um, again, I don't like to pin any artists against each other. I do like to point out what the scores were on that day so that you can get a little bit more of a sense of what's good and what's not so good or where one guy was was finishing you know what carried one guy to finish higher than the other um but i mean you, you know you almost can't help but compare next week because if you got you got two guys that battled each other and went at each other pretty hard and now their breakdowns are coming in the same week um it's awesome it's almost like the gods were watching and then it was uh it was meant to be this way so I'm definitely excited for next week. LO Cool J, Cool Mo D, Tale of the Tapes podcast. Peace out. Tale of the Tapes. Might as well. <laughs>